Thank you, Brother Jason. We're going to go into today's scripture, which comes from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Uh, we're going to read this in the ESV. We encourage you, um, if you want to grab a Bible, Pew Bible, <laughs> a Bible app, uh, or just if you want to follow along here, we're also going to project it. Um, and again, it's Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, friends, uh, we are going into today's message that's called Joy Always. We just read where it says, um, rejoice in the Lord always. It sounds good, doesn't it? But what in the world does that look like? You know, is that just one of these things that we say in church or one of the things that you hear uh, said in the Bible to rejoice always? Because, I mean, like seriously, what would that look like? Would it kind of look like this? Would it just be like, ah! Just all the time, just rejoice, 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 rejoice. You know, and friends, maybe part of the problem is that we get it twisted. We get it confused between rejoice always and be happy always. You know, maybe it's not always going to look like this all the time. You know, it's just exhausting looking at that. <laughs> and maybe for some of you, you think that if someone were, were, were happy all the time, that it would be annoying. I don't know if you know anyone like that. Is that physically, humanly possible to be happy all the time. Maybe there's some people that they just seem to just not have an off switch to the happiness and they're always smiling and they're always cheerful and they're always glad to see you. Is it annoying? Well, friends, maybe part of the reason why it's annoying is because you suspect that it's fake, right? It's not real. I don't think that's what we're talking about here. And friends, whether or not you think it is actually possible to rejoice always, I I, want to take this seriously because, you know, our our sermon series is called Happier. And I think that is in every human heart. We all want to know how we can be happier, don't we? Right? I mean, why do we do anything? (laughs) You know, for many of us, it is because we do want more joy in life. Right? And, And so... I want to look at this scripture, friends. Don't be intimidated by the fact that it says, um, you know, rejoice always, you know. But I want you to see this instead as an opportunity. You know, maybe for some of you, uh, you've been thinking, yeah, I could use more joy. You know, maybe there's just so many people. I mean, friends, we've talked about this before that, you know, we have more stuff than we've ever had. We have like the best technology, right? We just collectively, as a human species, have never been richer in many ways in America, right? 
I, I know there are struggles, and I know this varies based on, you know, where you live or what's going on in your life, and I know this isn't everyone, friends. But even for those who are doing really good on paper, there's a lot of us that still have a joy deficit. I mean, seriously, look around you. You know, is the person who's driving the Mercedes-Benz, are they just like laughing and smiling all the time? Ha, <laughs> ha, I'm in a Benz. I'm in a Benz. I'm in a Benz. And they're just happy all the time. I got my dream job. I got my dream job. I got... That's not how it works, right? We've been talking about that. That's not actually how joy works. It is a lie. We think if we get the things that we want, we're always going to be happy. There's something that we're missing, And I think there's something that we'll see in Scripture that will help us with that. So let's dive in. Let's take a look at what uh, Paul says to the Philippians. He says, just right off the bat here in this passage, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. It's almost like Paul is saying, I don't know if you all heard me. I said rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'm going to tell you again, rejoice. It's like he knew that we'd be like, oh, okay, Paul, whatever, whatever. It's just one of those things you say to people. Friends, I want to point out something. He's not talking about like sort of false happiness, right? That just put a smile on your face and just turn that frown upside down. That's not what he's talking about. Paul is imprisoned when he's writing this letter. I can't imagine many situations where you could have an excuse not to be happy, right? But I think this is a pretty good one, that you're in chains. Paul is in chains. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'm not kidding. Again, I say, rejoice. It's almost like he's saying, it's not about your circumstances. You can still rejoice. It's almost like he's saying, you're going to need to fight for this. I know. I know this firsthand. I am in a situation where it's not natural to rejoice, right? That's what we think. We just think that if we surround ourselves with joyful circumstances, then we will naturally just start rejoicing. But we've been talking about in the sermon series that part of the problem with trying to be happy is that happy people are happy. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of weird. But we think if you have happy circumstances that you're just naturally going to be happy. And it does happen sometimes, right? If I were to tell you, you won the lotto, right? Congratulations, you're a millionaire. You'd probably be happy. I don't know how long you would be because it does have a half-life, that kind of happiness, right? I don't know if you guys have ever gone on vacation and you're like, dude, this is like the happiest place. I don't know, you go to Disneyland, the happiest place on earth, as they say. You know, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Disneyland, right? And there are happy people, but there are a lot of miserable people. How long do we have to wait in this line, you know? Like, oh, oh, this food is so expensive, or my kids won't stop crying, you know? You're in Disneyland! We paid $100 a ticket! You will be happy! It's like, dude, (laughs) right? Like, if you can't be happy here, you know, maybe happiness isn't found from without. But maybe there is something to be said that even if you're in chains, you can rejoice, So rejoice always for Paul is something that he takes seriously. He says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Friends, if you remember, we we talk a lot about this phrase, at hand, right? And and it it is something that Jesus actually says uh, when he talks about the kingdom of God. It is Jesus' central message. He says, the kingdom of God is at hand. And in the Greek, it means it has arrived. It's here. The Lord is 
with us. The Lord is here. This is the key to rejoicing in the Lord always, right? Because we know sometimes we have less than ideal circumstances. Sometimes we have things that just naturally you look at and it's not going to draw you to joy. But what Paul is saying, he's not, rejo- he's not saying rejoice in your circumstances always. He's not saying rejoice in, 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 in yourself always. He says rejoice in the Lord always. Because the Lord is at hand. Because the Lord is here. But how many times do we not recognize that? He says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So this is the problem of joy, friends. It is not a problem of circumstance. It is a problem of vision. And it is a problem of attitude. What are you looking at? What are you paying attention to? What is kind of forming the air around in which you breathe? You ever just like have like a cloud of anxiety just follow you around? Just everywhere you go? Maybe a cloud of of depression just follows you wherever you go. There used to be like an antidepressant commercial, and that's the way they described it. It's like just a cloud is like raining on you all the time, right? And friends, it is so interesting to me, Jesus' central message is not just about the fact that God is here, but it changes everything. It changes your geography. I know that sounds kind of weird. It changes the atmosphere. The kingdom of the heavens, of the air, of, 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 you know, just around you, everywhere, it changes. And it is now under the lordship of Jesus Christ. It is now under the lordship of God. It is changing everything in your midst. The kingdom of God is at hand, right? Right here. And friends, what happens so often to us, even for us as Christians, right, is that we go around and we are so focused on the things that are going wrong. And I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. I'm not saying this to um, rebuke you in any way. I'm just saying that it's natural, right? And for myself as well. You know, it's like, You're in traffic. Someone cuts you off. And now you are thinking about, you are focused on, your vision is on the fact that you have been affronted. You have been cheated. How dare you? Who do you think you are to cut in front of me, you big jerk? Just because you drive that fancy car, you think you're better than me. And what are we not focused on right now? We're not focused on God, right? There's something at work. Something goes wrong. You're like, oh my gosh, that deadline is due. I haven't even started. Why am I so stupid? Why am I so lazy? Why didn't I do that sooner? What is your focus on? What are you looking at? You're not looking at God. You're looking at you. You're looking at your boss. You're looking at your circumstances. You're looking at your coworkers, right? You're looking at your emotions and how you're feeling. And and this is one of the simplest messages in the world, but it's one that we miss so often, right? So he connects these two things. Do you see that? The Lord is at hand, semicolon, 
do not, not be anxious about anything. It's like it's the same thought, right? One comes after the other. Because the Lord is here, you don't have to be anxious about anything, right? And then it goes on to say, like we said, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Because where is God? God is right here, right? And so if you're frustrated, if you're lonely, if you're depressed, if you're anxious about your circumstances, God is right here. And you're like, God, I'm really frustrated. God, I, I, I just, I don't know what's going on. God is at hand. He's not far away. You know what I mean? And so you can include him in your day. You can include him in your circumstances. When things start going wrong or you start getting all swirly about things and you start doing that thing where you're beating yourself up and you're like, dude, I'm so stupid, I'm so stupid, I'm so stupid. God's like, yo, I'm here. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Is this a weird visual, friends, that God is like right here? You just turn and like, God right? It's even closer than that. God is, is he's, he's all around you. He's within you. There's no separation. There's no separation, friend. But that's the way it feels for so many of us. God, where are you? Are you way up there? How come you're not listening to me? We're not looking at him. We're looking at our circumstances. We're looking at our emotions. We're looking at our feelings. I have a good uh, pastor friend who was sharing with me just this simple truth. I, I'm, I'm just telling you guys, we are not immune to this either as pastors. He was just sharing. He was like, you know, I, it was like one of these things where he shared it like it was this great breakthrough. And he's like, you know, I've, I've been so anxious and I just feel this anxiety just going around me all the time. And, and just one of the things that I feel like God has been speaking to me and one of the things that I started doing is just acknowledging God in everything. And just, you know, even like I'm anxious, like every moment of the day, I wake up in the morning and I'm anxious. And I'm at the supermarket and I'm anxious. And I'm in the car and I'm anxious. And in those moments, to acknowledge, God, you're here. Right? And just take a moment. Take a moment. Just absorb that knowledge. God you are here. Thank you, God. I praise you, God. Right? This is not rocket science, guys. But he's like, this has changed my life. Pastor Steve, I already knew that. It's not an issue of what's up here. Our faith has become far too intellectual. It is, it is a question of practice. Right? Because I will tell you, friends, I have so much practice and probably y'all, too, have so much practice in how to be anxious, right? How to freak out. I'm really good at it. I'm, like, professional, you know? I, I can go pro in, in, in getting anxious, right? You know? Because we just do it so much. It's, it's repetition, right? It, but, but we have to fight for this. We have to fight for the knowledge that God is here. He's with you, right? And, friends... Uh, I wanted to share with you um, something personal. I've been preparing this message for a while. I'm not going to lie. And last night, something happened to me. Um, so uh, yesterday, uh, we, we were actually celebrating. I, I didn't share this in joy, joy, Joys and Concerns, but um, 
uh, if you guys know Alex and Kevin, uh, they, they, they got married yesterday. It was great. You know, we, we had, it was just like a small thing with just, just uh, their, their immediate family. And, um, you know, we celebrated that, and it was, it was great. You know, and I came home, uh, and when I came home, I, I should have been feeling good about it, but I, I just started experiencing these, like, chest pains. And, and, you know, I was pretty sure it was just, like, heartburn. But in my family, like, heart problems, like, run in our family. And, you know, I've gone and seen cardiologists and stuff. And so it's always in the back of my mind. Like, is this heartburn? Is it? And, and friends, just excuse my French, but I just felt crappy. I just, just felt terrible. You know, and, and so I, I just, I, I went in my bedroom and, and I laid down. And, and I must have fallen asleep for a little bit. I woke up, it's like 9.30. And when I woke up, I just had this overwhelming feeling of dread. Like, what if I died right now? And that's it. Nothing. Are you really sure you're going to be with God? What if this is just it? What if there's nothing? And I was terrified. I was terrified. Man, I get up here every week and I preach to you guys about the certainty of the kingdom of God. I get up here every week and I tell you about the love of God. And I tell you that God's love is so tight on us. His grip is so tight that not even death can overcome that. I'm sitting here and I'm just confessing. Last night, 9.30 p.m., I'm like, what if this is it? And it just everything felt meaningless. I just felt like I was in a dark pit. It's desolate. I didn't want to do anything. So what I ended up doing is I ended up praying. I, no, that's not what I did. I just was like, I need to distract myself. So I went on YouTube, right? Is, is this our new form of prayer now, our new therapy? We go on YouTube. And I just started like looking up videos of like, I was like watching like magicians because I'm like, oh, it's like magic. It's like distracting, you know? And it, like, you know, it, it, I got distracted. You know, don't get me wrong. It didn't go away. The dark cloud didn't go away. But I started to get distracted. And, you know, as the evening went on, you know how like the YouTube algorithm, it just like will pop up a video. And there's just a random video that I've never clicked on before. It was uh, by a, 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 a group called We the Kingdom. And um, it, it's, it's a, a, a Christian band. And they were just playing these different songs. And, and uh, I guess it was like a video where people were asking them questions. And someone asked this guy. I didn't know who he was. I looked it up later. Um, the lead singer of uh, We the Kingdom, the front man, his name is Ed Cash. And they were asking him about a song that he wrote that not many people know that he helped write. And it's called How Great Is Our God. And he wrote it with Chris Tomlin. I think a lot of you guys know this song. And he was, like, sharing just very honestly. He said, I got in a point, uh, at a point in my Christian life where I just was very jaded by everything. You know, and, and, like, the Christian music industry, he's like, man, this is just so, like, cheesy. And he just didn't want any part of that. But Chris Tomlin had reached out to him and was like, hey, you know, I have some ideas for a new album, and I, I was wondering if you could just listen to this tape and, you know, tell me what you think and give me some feedback. And... Um, and so he's listening to the tape, and he comes across what is going to become How Great Is Our God. And I think at that point, that's all it was. It just was just that line, How Great Is Our God, right? And 
he, he just, he confesses this. He said, he just started laughing. And he was like, what is this? It's ridiculous. This is everything I hate about Christian music. So cheesy, right? And, and so in that moment, he's like, it wasn't quite like an audible voice from God, but he felt God speaking to him and rebuke him and say, how dare you? How dare you curse what I have kissed? And he just got down on his knees and he started, he just started weeping and he was broken. And, and he was like, yeah, you know, God, this is, it's just simple praise. And, and just in my life, right, like, like I, I've gotten so sophisticated in my faith and, and I can't just simply praise you anymore. And that song and the writing of that song changed his life. And so then We the Kingdom, they just started singing this song, this simple song. I'm going to actually ask the praise team to come up. And uh, they just started singing uh, the song. Yeah, yeah, if you guys can come up. Um, and, and, and I want to sing it with you because as they were singing it, something broke in me as well. And, and I, I just was in my office just on my knees, just on my face, just praising God. And in that moment, I wasn't thinking about the cloud. I wasn't thinking about what if, what if, what if, what if. I wasn't thinking of the terror that comes at night. I was just praising my God. And friends, I I want to gently rebuke you. I I I pointed in this direction. Someone's sitting over here, but just... Generally, I want to gently rebuke you as I want to rebuke myself and as I want to rebuke the modern church. Sometimes just simply praising God, it's gone out of style for some of us. We think it's corny. You know, sometimes like when someone's saying something and I want to say praise God, it doesn't come out of my lips very smoothly. It's like, praise God. Like I I swallow it a little because I'm like, is this cheesy? Are they going to think I'm just like, like, over, like, this is too much? And maybe some of us, we come to church and like, yeah, I'm, I'm too cool for that. You know, like I can't raise my hands. Maybe there was a time where it was just simple. It was just the splendor of the king. And friends, this God is at hand. You know, I know, friends, that we have problems. I'm not saying... Those things don't matter. But where you are pointing your eyes, your attention, your heart, your attitude, and maybe just to simply praise again, I want to ask you to join us. For those who are here, for those of us at home, let's sing a simple praise to God. Let's sing the splendor of a king.
trembles at 